Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up? Welcome in to a Monday edition of the Baseball Insiders to kick off your week. I'm Adam Weiner alongside fan-sided MLB insider Robert Murray, as always. And we got news to talk about today. Finally, been too long. Got the Padres vintage lid on for a reason. Manny Machado is locked down long term. But before we get into that, Robert Murray, how you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm doing even more wonderful after hearing rumblings that you sung Tom Petty at karaoke. Uh, yeah. I, I need details on this. Yeah. So I apologize to everybody. The voice is blown out. That's why I'm, I'm chugging pretty consistently from this uh, big souvenir cup of water uh yeah i i wrecked my vocal cords on saturday night i did tom petty uh american girl uh, a last second pivot too because i was gonna do uh i was gonna do the waiting and then uh this is live karaoke like in a big open space and, and the woman was like i don't think i have that i was like you don't have that are you kidding me and then i went and told a friend i was gonna do the waiting and he was like that is uh that's boring that song is boring i was like you're right it's a pretty boring song so i pivoted to american girl and I, I did a great, I, I crushed it. I shut down the bar. They said, that's it. No more karaoke. We're done. Uh, that's the final song of the night. Felt great. But yeah, I do not have a speaking voice or singing voice to speak of at this point. Uh, and you were telling me before the show, you think Tom Petty is an underrated karaoke option. And so I want you to, I think you could back that up. No, I can absolutely back that up. I've never sung Tom Petty, or I've never sung Tom Petty at karaoke. I just smacked my phone up in the air. So that's where already <laughs> off the strong start. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely furious. But uh, no, I'll I'll tell you, if I was singing Tom Petty, I'd probably do "Running Down a Dream" because that's mm-hmm. a great song. But you can't go wrong with "American Girl." Um, that being said, you can't be worse than what Carmen and I were um, in uh, in Orlando when we sung "Barbie Girl," but I did not know a single word of the song. <laughs> that that is tough. Like, I mean, they obviously have the words like right in front of you, mm-hmm. but. I didn't know in what like when they were supposed to be sung or whatever. It was uh, it was tough scenes, but I, I'm I'm proud of you for for picking up the slack for Carmen. And I I would say that specific stage too is pretty hard to see the words. Like they do put them right in front of you, but you had to like look at your own feet as you went. So if you weren't already intensely familiar with Barbie Girl beforehand, then you're in trouble. Exactly. So I did what any respectable human being would do. I ripped my shirt off and yeah. yeah. That, and, they, uh, and they said they said no. They said don't do that. No, they they told me if uh, I didn't put my shirt back on, I get kicked out. So yeah. <laughs> I I put my shirt back on. There were like oh. backup dancers. There were like backup dancers back there too, who were like just yeah. going with the flow. But that security still did come out and had to uh, interrupt. Yeah, that, that they they frowned upon that one in a big way. But uh, and also we got NFL news. We got Carson Wentz getting released by Washington. Uh, do we? Yeah, we we did. He got released by Washington, so we got we got NFL news breaking while we're on the show. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> with Tom Petty writing to Carson Wentz, I feel like uh, there is some intersection there. Like I think Wentz probably likes Petty, but I don't think Petty liked Wentz that much when he was uh, still with us. Um, yeah. Where are you on? Are you still angry at Carson Wentz, or are you just? Uh, you, is it so far in the past that you're like, who cares? 
uh, or is it still uh, a sore spot? Uh, part of me is thankful for them for getting the Eagles um, their first Super Bowl because without Wentz, they don't get there. Um, but another part of me is just really upset with how that all played out. Like that was really unfortunate and could end in a lot better of a way. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like his his career is basically running down a drain right now. So there's a, a little Tom Petty. Tom Buddy joke in there. So yeah, the waiting for some team to sign Carson Wentz is the hardest part. Uh, every day can't throw it one more yard. Uh, and it's appropriate we're talking about this as baseball becomes more like football every day. The pitch clock showed up this weekend for the first time. Uh, I feel like I might need a pitch clock between points on this pod. Uh, I'll try my best, but if I go over 20 seconds, uh, just yell at me, buzz, uh, you know, send a game to extra innings. Uh, if it's a uh, Braves. Braves Red Sox when a batter doesn't get ready in time, if the point doesn't get off before the end of the clock, just uh, end the inning, send it to the 10th. Uh, we got to talk about Manny Machado, who is uh, a figure who's come up on this podcast many times over the last couple weeks, months, etc. cetera. Uh, had an opportunity to change next offseason, be the second bell of the ball behind Shohei Otani. And just about a week ago, it sort of looked like there might be a sizable gap between Machado's ask and what the Padres were willing to do. That said, you have always been pretty clear that there was common ground here, there was optimism, and that there's no amount of money that Peter Seidler and A.J. Preller can't pay together to keep the band together or to lure free agents. So maybe a shocker this happened so quickly after we heard word of that golf, but Machado... Uh, an extra $350 million that's official, and he's going to stay in San Diego. Uh, where I, I wouldn't think you'd be that surprised by this, but maybe the timing threw you a little bit. Yeah, the timing of it threw me a little bit off because I expected it at some point before the regular season started. I didn't expect it just like that quickly after um, Machado. Like Machado had told reporters that it was a February 16th deadline. And then figure what, like a little over a week later, a deal gets done. Um, but as soon as Peter Seiler went on the record and said that Manny Machado is my top priority, like it was pretty clear right then and there a deal was going to get done because Seiler is not afraid to spend money. He's not going to spend it stupidly by any means. And the Machado deal, even though it's through his age 41 season, makes perfect sense. Um, he's been everything the Padres could have asked for and then some uh, when they signed him in 2019. It was it was strange because the market really wasn't that strong back then. And all of a sudden they, the Padres sign him get for uh, 10 years, 300 million in his first four years in San Diego, it just absolutely dominates. Um, and is clearly one of, if not the best third baseman in baseball. Um, and his relationship with Peter Seidler, his relationship with a lot of the players in the locker room, like he's a, he's a leader in that clubhouse. Um, the organization loves him and Peter Seidler being that voice um, like that was ultimately going to get it done. And that, that those, their relationship between um, Machado and Seidler is ultimately what got a deal done so quickly. I give the Padres a lot of credit. Um, it seems like on each episode, we're talking about how much they're spending and they just continue to spend, spend and spend, especially for a small market team. They ain't done. Um, like, I don't, I there's no extensions that are close by any means, but like um, the conversation now shifts to like a Juan Soto extension possibly in like the next or before he becomes a free agent. We still got two years for that. Um, you can look at, I mean, 
Shohei Otani. I know we're going to get into that, but like the the options are limitless. I don't know if necessarily if they're going to be able to get either of those done, but with Preller and Peter Sadler, I wouldn't rule anything out. The Darvish one is the one that if you want to look at it from, you know, 100 feet in the air, you can be like, well, that one maybe not necessary, maybe that complicates future pursuits, but uh, apparently nothing complicates future pursuits, so why even, you know, why even say that? Why even speculate? They're willing to do anything and everything and they got plenty of time to work on Juan Soto you got those years before free agency even arrives Um, but everything we're hearing indicates you know you'd think oh well there might not be enough money for Juan Soto but we're being told there there still is some some money earmarked for Juan Soto potentially and you'd think well there's no way they'll chase Shohei Otani at this point Uh, but they're still leaking that there's interest there so who knows if they end up being the team that comes away with that ultimate prize but there, we were talking about Machado being a reason that might keep the Mets out of the Otani sweepstakes. And apparently the Padres are willing to be in both of their sweepstakes because they already got Machado, kept him out of the offseason, and then they're floating Otani interest uh, six months ahead of time. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. And like the Padres, like that, that's real. Like they, they plan on pursuing Shohei Otani uh, when or if he becomes a free agent. And they would... I mean, at this point, they would be pursuing him while also um, having Juan Soto on their roster. Like, I'm, their roster right now is loaded. Uh, I believe Juan Soto is quoted even today as saying this is the most talented roster um, that he's ever been on. Then, can you imagine adding Shohei Otani to that? Like, what in the absolute heck? We're talking about an all-star team in San Diego. Um, I'm fascinated to see how that plays out or – if that ultimately does happen, that being said, I would imagine it's on an unlikely side. As I said before, I never rule anything out with the Padres, but um, the fact that they're still even talking about pursuing Shohei Otani just goes to show how much or how serious that Peter Sadler is about winning a World Series, and they're they're stopping at no cost here. Like they just go, 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 and I wish more owners were like that. Yeah, there was some dumb discourse on troll Twitter this weekend that was like, oh, think about 41-year-old Machado and 41-year-old Bogarts and old man Tatis playing together. And it's like, uh, yeah, or how about think about the World Series they could win in the 10 years before that becomes a concern. Like, at a certain point, can't we just all all focus on prioritizing winning? And in the now, in the future, in the short, in the long term, like – this team is going to be good for a long time. They've made it very clear that they're not letting these deals hamstring them. And so what that there might be a couple of, you know, 41 year old players on the roster a decade down the line. I think the Padres are more than prepared to deal with that. And uh, that, you know, there's, they actively signed a 40 year old man this offseason in Nelson Cruz. Some 40 year olds are still worth signing and playing at DH. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's crazy too, is like Cruz, he could have made more money elsewhere. Um, but he wanted to win. He wanted a chance to win a World Series, and yet he took $1 million to play for the San Diego Padres. If that's not a sign of what they're building, I don't know what is. It is remarkable. Um, like, I actually – I had forgotten that they had Nelson Cruz in that team. Um, they have crazy depth. They have – it's a roster that um, has somehow taken the spotlight off of the Dodgers in that division. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but yeah, um, it's yeah. Right now, the Padres are not just talk of the NL West, but they're the talk of Major League Baseball. And maybe 
And that puts the pressure squarely on San Diego and kind of makes the Dodgers like, I don't want to say falling under the radar, but like the pressure's not on them. The, the conversation around Dodgers camp is a lot of, can they turn X player around? Can they catch more lightning in a bottle? Like, can Noah Syndergaard throw a hundred again? He thinks he can. Most think he can't, but whatever. Like, what's up with Jason Hayward's swing tweaks? Can James Outman steal reps? And the conversation at Padres camp is like, we have the six best players in the National League. Okay. <laughs> it's good thought. Yeah, and I'll tell you, like, spring training is often a time where you just – it's nothing but optimism. Um, but the Dodgers do really like what they've seen um, – from Jason Hayward and also Syndergaard. Um, they've seen an increase in velocity in Syndergaard. And, um, the early signs on Hayward are, are promising. And that was kind of what they envisioned is signing him to a minor league deal. No risk there whatsoever. Um, and see what you got. And I'll, if he's a contributor at the major league level, I don't think there's going to be anyone happier than Freddie Freeman. Like he has been openly gushing about how excited he is about Jason Hayward being in LA. Um, and also another one too is, um, this is completely separate from um, Dodgers or Padres, but um, I've heard some pretty strong early reviews so far from the Brewers offseason acquisitions and uh, William Contreras and uh, oh yeah, Jesse Winker. There we go. Shout out to Ethan. Yeah. And, uh, and Adam, I think you guys got it in there at the same time, but yeah, yeah I've heard Ethan, really- a, a tie goes to the rudder, Ethan. I'll give that to you. Yeah, that was strong early reviews for Winker and uh, William Contreras. So we'll see if they can stay healthy, especially Winker. But so far, so good there. Who uh, is happier after all of this? Machado and his agent obviously gets to stay home, does not have to worry about this, and gets a deal that I think most of us would have found pretty unfathomable uh, prior to watching this offseason play out. To think someone his age could add another $350 million and they get to stay in San Diego, and they get to be on the team that's the talk of Major League Baseball. I think that's a positive. Who's happier, Machado and his agent or Otani and his camp? Because we've talked all offseason long about how that deal is going to start with a five, but it also feels impossible to predict, and who could even collect enough numerals to put together a dollar amount that makes sense? And now you take Machado off the board, Jeff Passan tweeted the list of offensive free agents yesterday after Machado re-signed in San Diego. It's somewhat bleak. Um, And the Mets need a difference maker. They've made that clear. The Padres are interested. The Dodgers plan their whole offseason around signing Otani. Can that number get to a six? I I don't know. I don't know what the heck that number is going to be. Um, Maybe there's a shot that it gets to a six if they do like one of those long deals where they extend the years out just to make the AAV a little, a little smaller on a yearly basis. So like maybe in that scenario, but um, boy, I'll tell you if both sides have to be extremely giddy about this, like we're talking about, or so from Machado's standpoint, um, obviously he gets 350 million on this contract and Dan Lozano, who has been part of negotiating some major contracts with San Diego, um, He's done three deals in the last figure two, three, four years in that range. Um, Machado, 300 million. Fernando Tatis Jr., 340 million. He did that one with another guy named Roger Tomas. Um, and then the other one is now is Manny Machado uh, for 350 mil. So we're talking like around like almost a billion dollars for just three players there. 
Um, so he's got to be extremely ecstatic because that's those three contracts single-handedly um, can make a career. Um, so he's got to be just completely giddy about this. And then Shoei Otani's agencies or agency, I should say, has to be completely giddy about this as well. Um, he's by far and away the best hitter on the market. Like we got figure Teoscar Hernandez, Ian Happ, and Matt Chapman as the other top names. Mm-hmm. The starting pitching class is pretty loaded. I'm not going to lie. Cause you have um, Aaron Nola, you have Urias, you have Scherzer, Kershaw, Blake Snell, Lucas Giolito, Jack Flaherty, uh, Luis Severino, and Sonny Gray. It's pretty great names. And Odie is basically, he's easily the best hitter, and he's arguably probably top two pitcher on the market as well. It's it's a crazy, we're, we're, we're looking at an offseason of Otani, and we can basically even call it the offseason of CAA, because look at their free agents that they have. They have Otani, they have Giolito, they have Jack Flaherty, they have Josh Hader. Like they they control a big part of the offseason here. So I'm I'm very curious to see all, all that plays out, but especially Otani. There's gonna be no shortage of suitors. I will not put a cap on what the heck that contract could be. Um because genuinely we don't know. And I've talked to numerous general managers, other agents players even and i ask him like what do you think otani gets and like honestly nobody knows because we've never seen a player of that magnitude we've never seen a player with his skill set um hit the open market before and we're going in totally blind because he is one of one He is a unicorn two-way player and it's fascinating doesn't even begin to describe it save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we have definitely seen certain agencies with most of the top clients represented control the flow of information and signings and the flow of action in, in significant off seasons before this past one was interesting because Aaron judge was the log jam and he was coming from, you know, a different agency with different ties and one that we haven't really seen uh, handle a free agency process of this magnitude before. And then Otani, you're right. It's, it's all CAA and, uh, for the first time in a long time, a CAA client will not be going to the New York Knicks. So that's very exciting as well. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, we uh, not either the Knicks, so that's good. I, I mean, again, I think we can find, I think we can officially rule that out. I, I don't think there's a fit. Uh, the Knicks look much better since the trade deadline. I think trying to work Otani into the rotation will definitely throw them off. Uh, so I think we can rule them out. But maybe New York. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who knows? But I, I can tell you, obviously, a burner. Um, I don't see it being anything like or, uh, Julio Rodriguez's contract with a lot of opt-outs. I think this is, um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know what the exact structure is going to be, but it won't be that one. I, I feel pretty confident about that. First time, long time, we're seeing these long contracts, Sans opt-out, Machado didn't get an opt-out. Uh, makes you think a little bit about Nolan Arenado, who did not opt out of his deal last fall 
144 million dollars left over the next five years of that deal in st louis he's obviously happy and i think maybe a part of that is if he does opt out does he end up back in st louis like are the cardinals going to pay him 300 million dollars probably not something to say for being just satisfied with what you got and your current home but that did you know i thought about that over the weekend too to think man if you had a when he opted in, I was like, yeah, good, good call. Makes sense. Would have expected that. Now we're in the world where everybody of every age is testing the opt-out market. It's crazy. And I wonder if he could have that decision over. I wonder if he'd do it. But like the big thing for him is um, he wants to be happy. And he really has liked being in St. Louis. I wondered after he opted into his contract if they would redo it and give him a little bit more extra money. Uh, maybe, I don't know the exact number, but like, for all 30 million just as like as an incentive but we haven't heard anything like that so um yeah i it's it pays to be happy and clearly he was not happy in colorado he got to see what it's like on the other side where you're on a team that does not do much or well anything to win um and now he's in a place in st louis where um they have paul goldschmidt they have um a really talented young roster there and he's competing on a yearly basis. Like he, that's what he wanted. That's what he got. And I think that was a big reason for why he didn't test for AG. Now that we've gotten the Machado extension out of the way, are there any other position players you feel like need to be taken care of next? Uh, just going down the line. Uh, some people we've talked about and some we haven't. I sort of looked at the eligible players uh, who are 2024, 25 free agents Pete Alonzo, we've talked about. Alex Bregman, Tim Anderson hits the market that year. Willie Adamas, and I know you feel like he probably does reach free agency. Then you got Vlad Jr. the next offseason. Is anybody standing out to you uh, who may or may not be in early conversations to take them off the market as well? Yeah, I would. I'm looking at two players who I think actually, you know, I can even go three players or four. You know, I'll even go four players. Um, so. I'll go five. Whoa! There you go. Hey, we're but figure by the end of this, we're gonna end up listing every player in Major League Baseball. So he'd be bombing right at some point. Um, but I, I'll start with Houston, and like Alex Bregman clearly makes a ton of sense there. Um, I think Kyle Tucker does too. Um, they've made it very clear publicly that they want to extend him. Um, like Dana Brown has been uncharacter or uncharacteristically like very vocal about wanting to extend a lot of the Astros is core. Like I respect the transparency. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was Houston, I would start with those two, t- or those two players. Um, I also think that if I'm the Padres, I would start trying to have those conversations with Jake Cronenworth and also Josh Hader. Um, not exactly sure what Cronenworth could get. Um, Cause he's, I think he's two years away from, uh, or he's two, or he's got two or three years left of arbitration. So like we're still, um, we're still a ways away from him becoming a free agent. But you also can look at Hater, free agent at the end of the year. Edwin Diaz just got his mega deal, six years for one hundred and two, or is it five years for one hundred and two? Ooh, I think it's five. Yeah, I think it's five too. Um, so figure that gives you a clear template for what um, a Hater extension would be, and I clearly he would probably want to you would want to pass that. So um, that gives you a pretty clear framework. Um, so I think those four players make a whole lot of sense. As you said, I think Adamas reaches free agency. Um, 
yeah, boy, the, the Brewers have so many extension candidates and I can't see them. Uh, that burn situation is so unfortunate. Yeah. Um, what they should do is uh, they should fight Willie Adamas over $118,000 and see how that goes. Yeah. I'll, boy, boy, oy, oy. Yeah, that's not good. Not good at all. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but um, I'll tell you, the, the Brewers, that was one of the best recent trades in recent memory was getting Willie Adamas for Drew Rasmussen and J.P. Fyrazen. Um They should extend them. I mean, I'm not going to rule anything out by any means, but um, as of right now, I'm, I'm not optimistic about it. Yeah, and Ethan, of course, mentioning Brian Reynolds, who I'm sure we will be talking about plenty for the rest of the year uh you heard the phone dinging that means Bert's getting information by the second and that is just another every ding is another reason to subscribe to the baseball insiders we will be here uh live on youtube mondays and thursdays 3 30 eastern all off season long all regular season long the audio feed is on every podcast platform and we're going to be following all the narratives and storylines right along with you answering your questions in the comments doing the best we can to keep you informed on the world of baseball, uh, you mentioned uh, Dana Brown uh, and, and some potential targets for him. I think it's worth noting that uh, the man who used to occupy that position and uh, didn't want a one-year contract in Houston. Dang, crazy, shame. What a, I thought that was a legit offer, but apparently uh, not interested. James Click finally resurfaced today with the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, and his new position is... Uh, vice president of baseball strategy but whatever that title is feels like a pretty obvious home run to me to get him in the room he's a guy every team should have targeted you don't even need a vacancy you can invent one that's not a position the blue jays were just like uh, we need a vice president of baseball strategy so i guess you're that now uh that seems like an obvious home run yeah it's it, it beats being like a vp of football strategy so that's yeah. that's good um VP of but- carson wentz's management team and that's a rough beat today <laughs> oh god i love we're giving a carson one shot out multiple times yeah. in the pod here that's that's when you know it's a good show um <laughs> but uh click had interest from a, a bunch of teams and he did not want to rush it after leaving houston because i think that was just a really difficult situation all around for him because like you win a world series and then you clearly like the rumblings persisted throughout the postseason that there was a there was something not right between him and in ownership there with jim crane and part of the ways he wanted to take his time and the Blue Jays communicated early on to him, like, Hey, we have interest. And when you're eventually ready, we're not going to rush you, but when you're ready, we want to hire you. And lo and behold, here they are. And the Blue Jays, they have lost some people in recent weeks uh, in their front office. Um, they've lost Russ Bove. Um, they lost one of their um, high ranking people um, to the Braves recently um they i think they've lost three total um so it's like they needed to add some more um voices to that front office and lo and behold they did with click who rock star hire um he's gonna be assisting obviously like in all sorts of different stuff in that front office but also like help them with baseball ideas and like how to like better their processes and their processes i don't know if that's but anyways but like i like um, saying processes i don't know which one's right but it's more yeah See, I agree with that. Like, I've, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of saying that word. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a rock star hire. I thought it was a home run. Um, and I got to imagine he's on borrowed time there. Because I got to imagine, like, when 
Um, there's, um, sorry, just, oh, when there's GM openings available next year, I got to imagine he's going to be a candidate for a lot of them. That's kind of like, it reminds me a little bit of what Alex Anthopoulos was with the Dodgers when he went there um, after parting with the Blue Jays. Um, joins a really strong front office, can help them, but he'll be a GM before too long again. Yeah, he's on borrowed time there for good reasons, not because he's going to be uh, summarily executed when he trades uh, Danny Jansen of the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, we we love, uh, you know, James Click is uh, someone who I didn't expect to move on from Houston. Uh, and obviously there was more friction there than had been reported at the time. Something interesting to note, though, James Click uh, is, is, is pitching Lieutenant Ozzo Campo, the guy who is credited with discovering Christian Javier and Framer Valdez, is in Miami now with the Marlins. So those are two big names no longer working together and no longer working in Houston. Obviously, the Astros have built something pretty formidable. And so, it, it, you know, all, all if they were to acquire more pitchers like that, they would be sustaining the pipeline, not building from zero. But it is interesting that there's been a little bit of a brain drain in Houston, although Dana Brown, you love. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Dana Brown guy. Um, have as, I, as I've said before, I've heard nothing but good things about it for years. But the Ozzo Campo one, that I feel like that really flew under the radar yeah. um, publicly. He is really, really, really freaking good. And that was a coup by Kim Eng. Um, getting him was – that could be franchise-altering because um, you li- you listed the names right there in the ter- in the names that he scouted, um, and he ended up adding to that team. If you can do that same thing in Miami, they have a good young rotation. Um, you add some other pieces in that lineup, and you might have something cooking here. Um, yeah, it's uh, we'll see how that plays out for Miami. Like, I'm genuinely really curious. Like, because this is not going to be like an immediate impact, but like this is one where it can be felt like three, four, five years down the line. And speaking of the youth wave in Miami in particular, uh, just want to shout out a couple of prospects. We're keeping an eye on who popped radar guns over the weekend. Spring training is, of course, meaningless unless your prospects look good, and then it's the most important thing that ever happened. Uh, Yuri Perez of the Marlins. Uh, Ozzo Campo uh, will be building a foundation around him, hopefully. He hit 99-6 against Nolan Arenado yesterday. Looked as filthy as advertised. Also in that game, Jordan Walker, who's sort of everybody – like the hipster take for rookie of the year is Jordan Walker in the NL over Corbin Carroll. And it might be gaining steam to the point where Carroll is the hipster take. Cause Walker just looks so ridiculous. Every time you see him, he hit a tape measure three run shot yesterday off Johnny Cueto that I feel like you, you can't do a sports show, a baseball show on this Monday without saying, did you see that Jordan Walker homer? Oh yeah. But I, I want to take a step back here for a second and they call a timeout. Yeah. T.O.V. What what makes it a hipster take? I'm very curious how you got that one. <laughs> well, I feel like earlier in the offseason, everybody was just kind of like Corbin Carroll in the NL, Gunnar Henderson in the AL. And if you say anything else, it's kind of like the take of like, I'm just being a little different, you know, because we all agree it's Corbin oh, Carroll. But I now know. so many people are like, once you see Jordan Walker, I feel like the consensus is flipping to be like, oh, my God, like if they let this guy on the opening day roster, he's going to run away with it. He's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Now, now I see what you're talking about. And I got Walker is not a bad pick at all. Like if I'll tell you, that would be, that'd be my pick if I was going for NL rookie of the year going into this, but I can I give you a sleeper for that category? Yeah. It depends on when this guy is called up. 
because if he's called up in midseason, then you can basically forget about it. But if they call him up early on in the season, Kyle Harrison with the Giants. Yeah. Um, I have heard like he's the guy that I've heard the most buzz about um, early on in spring training. Just people in San Francisco freaking love the guy. And rightfully so. Like he's their best pitching prospect since Bumgarner. And man, oh man, like um they have they have something there. And when he's called up, like that's gonna be that's gonna be one where I'm tuning in from start to finish on it because I think he's got a shot to be like really, really, really special. Rookie pitchers have that baked in thing where every start can be an event, right? Like Jordan Walker's debut is going to be huge. It's going to, you know, everyone's all eyes on St. Louis. But after three weeks of Jordan Walker, he's just another star. Harrison and these pitchers get the stage themselves every five days. And so you really do get the chance to say, I'm going to stay up and watch this Kyle Harrison start, not missing another one. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also going to shout out, I can't not shout out Anthony Volpe, uh, who ripped a hustle double off Nate Pearson yesterday. And you know he's fast. He stole 50 bases last year in the minors. Uh, first 20 homer, 50 stolen base season in the minor league since Andrew Jones pre-call up. But you don't know how fast he is until you actually watch him. Uh, he just lined a single to right. There was a little hesitation by the right fielder who kind of like backed up on the ball. And by the time he got into the infield, Volpe's not only sliding in a second, he's safely just lying down on second base. He stole two bags on back-to-back pitches later in the game. And the first one came on a pitch out. He was safe by a mile at second, took third on the very next pitch. Uh, Jason Dominguez, the Martian, also homered over the weekend. I think that excited a lot of people. But Volpe's speed, uh, as Brian Hoke helpfully mentioned, I sort of tweeted about, like, raise your hand if you didn't know he was this fast. And Brian Hoke was like, he stole 50 bases last year. I was like, valid point. But I yeah. think you don't know how fast he is till you see it. And he put on a show against the Blue Jays yesterday. I'll tell you, like, I'm add me to that category who didn't realize he was that fast either. And – it's cool because this year with the bigger bases, we're going to see that speed really show itself more and more and more. Um, these teams and players are going to be much more aggressive on the base paths. Um, and it, I, I still wonder how it's going to impact strategy when it comes postseason time, um, like how they're, these teams are going to be trying to add a speedster at the, uh, the bottom of their roster. Like we could see like the Billy Hamilton type become more of a thing again, which I'm, I'm for that. Um, like even like th- this prospect, uh, Estuary Ruiz, um, he is a very, very, very good base dealer. We got to see that when he was with San Diego and Milwaukee. Now he's in Oakland. Can see that being a thing too. It makes him more valuable. Um, it's going to be really interesting um, to see how that one all plays out. But like in terms of Anthony Volpe, um, there's been a reason why they've been pretty adamant about not moving him. Uh, like teams have inquired and they've just said no. Um, like, yeah, it's he's he's a good one between him and uh, Jason Dominguez, the Martian, as you as you said, um, they got themselves a really nice like one two punch in the minor league system. Yeah, the Martian has had a tough life just because you get that nickname and everybody's like, "All right, freak, like go hit me forty homers," and he's like, "I'm sixteen, I'm in partial, like I'm not in full season baseball yet." People yeah. are like, "He's the next Mike Trout, Bo Jackson." It's like just let him be him, and and he showed off that absurd power over the weekend. If you watch him, it's hard not to believe like, oh, it's obvious what people saw all along. But no, he's not going to be Mike Trout as a rookie. No, he's probably not going to hit a 480-foot center field blast in the All-Star game like Bo Jackson. But 
first MLB spring training game powers one way out to left field against the Phillies. The talent is there. Oh, talent is clearly there. And I remember when I was at the Futures game uh, this past year in Los Angeles, like you were there too, I believe. Yes. Yeah, I was. And I was yeah. And we still didn't meet up. How, how terrible is that? Uh, that was my yeah. Oh, I, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It was just craziness out there. Um, but the two, there was two players who really stood out to me um, in that game more so than others. And one of them was Jason Dominguez. He hit one, I believe it was like left or left center. It was just like a, Whoa. And it was Mason Wynn. Uh, he threw an absolute cannon from shortstop to first base. I, you remember that? Yeah. Mason Wynn with the seed. Because Justin Turner smack talked him after that for some reason. He was like, he put out a video that was like, throwing hard from shortstop? Yeah, that's impressive. But you got to throw accurately. And it's like, Jesus. I think he could do both. Yeah, he although he he is a bit uh, erratic uh, with, at times with because I think we saw like right after that he ended up like throwing one in the dirt or throwing that was an errant throw. Um, but when if he's accurate, hey boy, I, I mean, two way player. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, with that velocity, he probably could. But yeah, depending and, on Otani's next contract, maybe we see some more two way players get developed. I'm telling you, I, boy, God, I. I it is crazy how much thought I've already put into the Shohei Otani contract. Um, I can't imagine being a representative for him and trying to figure this one out because it is, it is totally fascinating. God almighty. I've got the breaking tweet in drafts already. I'm going to try to beat you to it. I'm thinking about the Otani contract too. No, we will see. If, if you break that, Adam, I will personally buy you a yacht. Um, I have my entire drafts right now is filled with just 35 different options like team figures etc i have one where he gets 300 million deferred to go join the pirates i mean we'll see like it's probably not gonna happen but i'm prepared <laughs> okay if if he goes to the pirates i will not only buy you a yacht but i will buy you a mansion um but I, <laughs> yeah that would that would be wild. but i i will add this like i do have some some tweets in my drafts i will uh I, I'll, I'll leave that there so i don't think it's anything imminent but i have i have tweets in my drafts Hopefully a teaser for Thursday's show. All I can say. And if we get, I mean, if I do get a yacht and a mansion, then that's also a teaser for below deck colon Adam Weinrib, which should be a hot show on, uh, on Bravo uh, this fall. Uh, If I get a mansion too, real housewives of uh, New York, I think is recasting. So I'd like to throw my hat in that ring. Um, Also uh, just giving a special shout out to Noah song before we sign off. Um, the Phillies pitching prospect who Dave Dombrowski stole from the Red Sox this offseason, he was supposed to be a fast riser in Boston system, but he had naval duty, committed to the Navy. He hasn't pitched since 2019. If he sticks with the Phillies on their big league roster, they get to keep him. If not, they offer him back to the Sox if he clears waivers for 50K. Uh, and so everybody's watching to see what somebody who has not pitched in four years will look like fresh this spring training. There are also rumors that they may deem him not up to speed, which would make sense and would try to stash him on the IL to start the season. But I am rooting for Noah Song as long as he does not go back to the Red Sox. Yeah, I. it's a cool story. Um, and I'll tell you, that was it was a gamble when the Red Sox made him available like that. And the Phillies cl- clearly, they claimed him. They were, or was it, it was rule five, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, they added him in the Rule 5, and um, it was basically a shot in the dark because Dombrowski knew him from Boston, and 
if it hits, then Dombrowski looks like a pure genius. And it, it comes with risk because you don't necessarily know if you're going to like, he's got to be, it's like the roster situation is, is really kind of a difficult one. And they're going to have to navigate that. But if they, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally fascinating. I, I don't even know how I want to describe that one, but um, I wish him the best of luck. Cause that's a good story. And the fact, like he, yeah, he looks like he's ready to do a play already. Um, so yeah. shout out to him. I'm curious to see, um, like he, you got to imagine he'll get into a spring training game or two or three or four, right? Yeah, I feel like they got to get him in sooner rather than later. It's it's another reason to watch spring training. Everybody's watching to keep tabs on like four or five prospects. You don't want to see your starters. Like the less I see my starters, the better. I don't care. I just want them to wave to the crowd, maybe do a parade in the outfield, but put the kids in. Noah's song is why we watch these games. Because we, I mean, we've never seen a journey quite like this before, but there's always some 29-year-old somewhere who's getting his first big break in nine years. Uh, and, and that's why you tuned in. No, exactly. And I, I live for it because this is where sometimes careers are made. And it could be him. It could be, um, what is it? Jesus Guzman is trying to become a two-way player now. I think that's oh, right. Ronald, Ronald Guzman, the ex oh, Ronald Guzman. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't know where I got Jesus from. But, yeah, Ronald Guzman, he's, he's trying his best. And his velocity is, like, legit. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like – you you will not find this kind of thing in the regular season. You'll find it in the minor leagues, but like spring training is a time where we can really see it get weird. Um, and I'm, I'm here for it. Cause I, I support weird. Let's get weird as hell all off season long, all regular season long baseball is around the damn corner and there's no better time to join us on the baseball insiders live Mondays and Thursdays, three 30 Eastern answering all your questions, taking you through what's going down. Uh, as always, Thanks so much to everybody who listened, everybody who joined the feed, everybody who's going to listen to the audio feed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, every platform you can imagine, you'll find us. And thanks, most importantly, to Robert Murray for carrying us as always. Thanks, man. Nah, team effort, my guy. It's always a pleasure. Appreciate everybody watching, by the way. Good questions today. Um, And we'll see you on Thursday. Let's make it happen, baby. Shout out to the crew. We'll see you all on Thursday. I will have a voice. Take care, everybody. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.